Hey there. So I want to know, do you struggle with cravings? Do you feel like you will get a craving for chocolate, chips, pizza, anything under the sun? And you try and try and try to avoid the craving because you have these goals for better health, for weight loss. And no matter what you do, the cravings just don't go away. So finally, you give in to the cravings and you end up eating way more than you had originally planned and you leave feeling defeated, upset with yourself, saying, how could this happen again to me? How could I give in to these cravings again? And then you continue on the cycle and you just can't seem to get rid of those cravings and you feel like they are controlling your life. You are not alone. I have been there. I know it is so frustrating to try to get results, to improve your health, to lose the weight, and yet get those cravings coming back, coming back and creating that cycle where you just can't seem to escape. I am hosting a free masterclass on how to crush your cravings. We're going to go over the four simple steps to crush your cravings, not feel controlled by them anymore so that you can finally have that freedom from the cupboard and be able to reach your health goals, reach your weight loss without your thoughts and mind being consumed by these cravings. I don't want you to miss it, so sign up. The link is in the show notes. There's limited seating available, so don't wait, and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Motherhood Makeover Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Faust, mom of two boys, and certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. I help busy and overwhelmed moms, is that you? Make self-care simple by focusing on the five foundations of health and wellness so that you can feel your best and love who you see in the mirror. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. So excited you are here. We are continuing the conversation from Monday's episode about your movement goal for the week. So make sure to go back and listen to that one if you missed it. We're talking all things movement, why mamas need movement, why you need to move in the simplest ways, why it's so good for you, and then how much movement you need. So starting off with the health benefits. First one that most people know is heart health. So it helps aerobic exercise, helps strengthen your heart, which is also known as cardiovascular health. And regular exercise can help lower your blood pressure and improve cholesterol levels in that way. The next one is strength and longevity. So there's lots of research showing that working out um, exercise can slow down the loss of bone density with age, which is so cool. Uh, and then it also helps reduce the risk of falls and hip fractures as you as in older adults. So as you age, it helps with arth- arthritis pain. Um, another piece of this strength and longevity is working out can help ease joint and back pain. I think this is so important to note because as moms, you may have, ex- I get this low back pain a lot. Um, when I'm not using proper form and not taking care of my body. And so maybe you, you've experienced um, low back point pain, joint pain, or even like, I hope not, but like throwing out your back is a common one where then you're out for a few days. 
The, this is why exercise and proper form and strength conditioning is so important for moms. Because when you're using the proper form and you're working on your flexibility, it helps lower the amount of joint and back pain or the amount of probability that you'll get the joint and back pain. Because usually it's caused if you're using poor form, you're sitting all day, so if you have a desk job or you're sitting on the floor all day with your kids, um, a lack of exercise, and then repetitive movement. So that same movement of picking up your child, putting your child down, any sort of repetitive movements like that can cause more joint and back pain. And if you are working out to reduce, if you have really bad back pain and you want to start working out to help that, I highly recommend you find a physical therapist or an occupational therapist because they'll be able to correct your form in person and show you specific exercises to help strengthen those weak muscles and reduce the back pain and joint pain that you're experiencing. Uh, And especially if you're postpartum, seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist is very, very important because they will, I mean, most of the time you think pelvic floor, you're just, you're thinking your core and your uterus are the things that are affected from pregnancy and labor, but really it can cause so many more issues because the whole body is connected, right? So when one thing's off balance, it can put a whole bunch of other uh, parts off balance. And so a pelvic floor physical therapist, while their primary focus is your uh, core region, where you're in your pelvic floor, they will also look at how you are walking upstairs, doing basic movements, so picking up your child. So they can help you teach you proper form for those things and help you come back from and recover from pregnancy and labor the best way possible. One of my favorite reasons, and this is why I try to work out so regularly, is it improves mental health. And for moms, I think this is so, so important. There is so much research, so many studies showing that regular physical activity reduces your risk of anxiety or depression or just helps you manage it better. And it can help you sleep better, which in turn helps your mental health. And it also provides cognitive benefits. So it shows, helps with your brain health as you age. So the big thing too is don't work out right before bed because for most people, if you work out within a few hours of your bedtime, it'll give you energy and you'll feel more awake. And I know it doesn't really make sense until you experience it. And I have experienced it before where you work out too close to bed and then you're just lying in bed awake and you can't, you want to fall asleep and you can't. So try to not work out closer to bed. And this is where that regular physical activity, if you are starting to feel like you're getting, experiencing some anxiety or depression, or maybe you've had it before and you feel it coming back, trying to start making sure you are moving your body, even if as simple as walking outside for 10 minutes and making sure that you get outside and get some fresh air can be so helpful for symptoms and managing it. And this is my number one reason for working out and why I loved uh, lifting weights so much is it just was so therapeutic to me to get out all my stress and just release it all through this form of movement. And then the last one is, uh, de- well, there's kind of two more, but detox. So 
detox, I feel like is such a taboo word right now because you just hear detox teas, cleanses, all these, all this crap on social media, but your liver and your liver in reality is the detox center of your body. But another way your body detoxes is through sweating. So if you are working out hard enough where you're, you're starting to sweat and you're breaking the sweat, that is your body detoxing. And then the other one is a reduced risk of a disease. So it's so hard to try to pinpoint what causes certain diseases because there's so many different factors that play into a person's life. Uh, but there's plenty of research that there's a reduced risk of disease, including type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, some cancers, hypertension, and dementia if you're doing regular physical activity. Okay, so what now? You're probably thinking, okay, cool. Well, what's the most effective exercise? Yes. So it depends on what your goal is. For weight loss, most people think cardio. You hear cardio, you just, just do lots of cardio. That may not really be true that it's the best way to help boost your weight loss. You don't need to work out to lose weight. It's just really about paying attention to what you're eating. However, it can certainly help boost your metabolism and boost your weight loss success. I really prefer weight training or some form of strength training or a combination of cardio and strength training because the more muscle you have, the more calories you will burn. And the after effects of, so it's the afterburn of, let's say you do a strength workout with weights, muscles will continue to burn calories up to 48 hours after it ends. That's two days after the workout ends. You could be burning extra calories. Whereas cardio, the afterburn is much shorter because generally you are not using the same amount of muscle that you're using during strength training. And this is also one reason why men seem to lose weight magically faster than women. It's not anything special really other than they have a higher metabolism, usually because they have a lot more muscle. And I'm also going to debunk, you cannot get big, you cannot get bulky from lifting weights. Let me be the first to tell you, I could show you pictures of me at my leanest and I was lifting 100 plus pounds consistently in the gym daily. And just to get the amount of muscle that I had there, and you can, I can share a picture with you, happy to, I'm really not bulky. So if you're lifting like 25 pound, even 25 pound weights, I doubt you're really going to get that bulky. So that's a true myth. So I'm going to dispel that myth for you right now. Okay. So if your goal is overall health, like, you know, you just want to be working out for all those health benefits. You don't really care about weight loss. It's a combination is the best way to do it. For true, optimal, best health you can get, you want to include cardio, strength training, and then mobility. And of course, if you want to, you can combine the cardio and strength training with like a high intensity, um, like high inter high intensity interval training uh, or some sort like CrossFit or something like that. Um, or you can do them separate for mobility work. That is basically your stretching, work, working on your range of motion in all of your joints. So this could be done through yoga, stretching daily, doing, there's even like mobility YouTube videos that will run you through routine. It's very similar to a gentle yoga. A physical therapist 
will also, if you're working with them, they'll also probably have you do some mobility. And with mobility, the key is consistency as with everything else, especially for stretching. Most people neglect this part of the routine, um, including me. I think this is for me the hardest thing to keep doing regularly. Uh, when I'm good about it, I'll do it while I'm reading a book uh, right before bed as part of my bedtime routine. Um, you can also do it while you're watching TV in the morning, in the evening, or in the morning right after you get out of bed. I think there's even some YouTube videos that will have you go through routine while you're still in bed. It's, I think it's probably the most important piece to your overall, overall physical health is this mobility. Because think about over time, I don't want to say old people, but older people will complain about the joints hurt, these things different hurt. Well, the thing is, if you don't use muscles, so let's say you sit all the time, that hip muscle will start to tighten because it doesn't get stretched at all from standing up and walking. So that's why it's really important to stretch out and balance all of these muscles so you can continue to feel great and have full range of motion um, throughout your life. Okay, so how often do you need to work out? This is another popular question that is not the easiest answer, but it's still, I can still give you an answer here. So I'm going to first go over the guidelines from the physical activity guidelines for Americans, um, the 2018 version. It depends on the intensity of the workout, how much you need to be doing. So if you're doing a moderate intensity aerobic activity, it's 150 minutes every week, but it can be broken up. So the example would be, you could do 30 minutes, five days a week. And what moderate intensity is considered is brisk walking water aerobics or pushing a lawnmower. You should be able to talk but not sing during the activity. So you think moderate intense, moderate intensity, it's actually not that intense based on the description. So vigorous intensity is 75 minutes every week. So this could be running, swimming laps, a, a high intensity interval intensity training class or Zumba class, or even sports like basketball and soccer. You should be breathing hard and your heart rate has gone up quite a bit. You should be able to say a few words at a time, but then you need to take a breath. So 75 minutes a week really isn't, it could be three 20 minute workouts and one 15 minute workout. So, and if you're doing a mix of the two, it's just two or more days a week and kind of mixing it. And the, the rule of thumb they give is that one minute of vigorous intensity is equal to two minutes of moderate intensity. And strength training. It is recommended that everyone, no matter what your goal is, do two or more days a week that work all major muscle groups in your body. And that's in addition to that aerobic activity. So you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, that is so much. That's obviously like perfect world. Even I probably don't get that much these days. This is where, go back to Monday's episode, the last episode before this one, episode 39, and I talk about how to increase how you're challenging yourself. Because if you go from not working at all to all of a sudden going, I'm going to work out 75 intense minutes every week plus strength training, that's going to be really overwhelming. 
and going to be really hard for you to keep the motivation and follow through. So you want to slowly bump up and you'll probably be very, very sore if you go from nothing to doing very intense workouts. So you want to kind of slowly bump up the amount that you are doing. If you haven't been very active at all and you want to get started, of course, I'm going to say you need to consult your doctor before beginning any new workout routine and build up that intensity over time. And it's highly suggested you work with a personal trainer or coach for at least a few sessions to make sure you're using correct form with um, in, in movements so you reduce the potential for your injury. I am a certified personal trainer, so you can, of course, feel free to DM me on Instagram and I can help guide you in the right direction to how where to go to figure out how to start a routine or where to go from where you're at. And the last piece, make sure you are taking part in recovery. Every good exercise routine will allow for recovery. Don't go and try to work out seven days a week, nonstop for weeks on end. That is how you become injured and experience burnout, which could also not, I mean, it feels like you're just tired all the time, but it could be from your hormones are all messed up from not letting your body recover. So especially if you're doing uh, strength training, your muscle needs to be broken down and then your body rebuilds it back up. That's how you get stronger. So if you're working out hardcore every single day and you're not letting your body take the time to rebuild those muscles, that's where you get the injury, especially in your body can't really build muscle. And how you spend your recovery time depends on what you're doing for your workout and how often you're working out. There's You may have heard the term active recovery, which would be doing something like walking, yoga, very light workouts, easy cardio. A recovery can also be stretching, mobility work, and massage can even be recovery work. So haha, use that as a reason to go get a massage. So just make sure you are including recovery time in your workout schedule. And just a caveat to talk talk on that, this is why I do not like the 75 hard because what I had been seeing on social media is women using it for weight loss. Really, I think it's supposed to be more of a mental challenge of habits and that sort of thing. Of course, it was started by men and men have different hormone profiles. So example, if you do 75 hard, you're eating keto. So you're cutting out all your carbs and it requires you to work out twice a day. You are going to destroy your hormone levels because your body, especially depending on what type of workouts you're doing, your body needs the carbs to refuel and recover. So if you're going nonstop for 75 days, and I've seen women who will take a break and then do it again, and it's just not meant for that. That is leading you into um, HPA access dysfunction, uh, HPA access dysfunction, which is quote unquote, what people call adrenal fatigue. So you just feel tired all the time. Basically your hormones get all messed up because you're not taking care of your body and allowing it to recover. So please, please, please don't be afraid of carbs and let your body recover. There you have it. All the ins and outs of why exercising is so important to your health, what types of exercise are best, how often to work out, and how to get started. So I would love it, love it, love it. Please, 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 if you enjoyed this, could you leave a five-star review on written on iTunes? It helps get the show out to other mamas who 
need help just like you do. And we can create this wonderful community of moms. And I hope you have a great day.